Hello, everyone. Just want to do a brief intro into this week's show. So this one was a live LinkedIn live. So the audio quality isn't always amazing, but they're still highly beneficial for your career development. Apologies once again, if there's a bit of background noise where I am traveling around at the minute, we're building out and expanding our remote teams, our remote functionality within our agency across different parts of the world. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here, there and everywhere at the minute. And that's why I'm a little bit busy. But anyway, I'm here to introduce the show. So we talk about GRC and GRC being a fantastic entry point into InfoSec. I meet a lot of guys and girls that are trying to come in as cybersecurity engineers, pen testers, SOC analysts, and it's a harder routine. So GRC is a very valuable skill set, and the skills shortage is more prevalent in GRC, so it becomes an easier route in. If you're working in the American market, it's a relatively, I won't say easy, but it's a relatively more straightforward route to earning a six-figure salary as well. So enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy the learnings. There's a great Q&A at the end of this as well. Doran is, is a good friend of mine, um, and he stuck around for a long time at the end to answer everyone's questions until there was no more to ask. So Doran, thank you from me for that. Enough from me. Let's get into this episode and uh, have some fun and and uh, enjoy the learnings that come with that. All right, but, with you, mate. Next question I've got, Doran. So if I'm listening and I'm thinking, do you know what? Yeah, this this GRC thing, this this sounds pretty cool. But what other ways are there to break into to cybersecurity? What what else? I'm listening now. I'm itching to get into the commercial game. What else can I do to get a job in cybersecurity? If I get it right, if you do have a technical background, or obviously if you don't have a technical background, I do think that there is one certification which can help you right to get in GRC. It's a certification by ISACA. It's called Cybersecurity Audit Certificate. That has a basic understanding of many of the different aspects of things. And that's like a baseline, I would say. I definitely have looked through the study materials. It's a matter of time when someone like a Someone like me can take an exam as well. It's just like being so busy. But that's one thing to start is, uh, like I said, Pisaka had this organization in, in, in the U.S. which deals with uh, a lot of, I would say, certifications as well and different conferences. And they have chapters in each state and city as well. So it depends on, depending on where you are, you could find that chapter. Mm-hmm. But like I said, cybersecurity audit certificate, that, that can be a starting point for sure for anyone who wants to get them school themselves quickly again if you're technical enough sure that can be an easy way to win but if you're not technical as well it's not that difficult the language which they speak in the study guide is not that difficult and they do have questions which pertain to things and they have explanations of every response as well like why that response makes more sense towards them because again in GRC certifications I would say there is no right and wrong answers about what is the right perspective at that point in time and that 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 I would say scenario presented in that exam there. Yeah, cool, cool. By the way, Abdullah, I saw you just tried to ask a question there. What we'll do is we'll do we'll answer any little questions and stuff like that at the end. So I did see you put your hand up, my friend. I know you're friends with Michael, our mutual friend as well. So we'll get you some questions answered. I know you're barely new to the industry and trying to break in. So we'll get the questions answered. Also as well, um, Lauren, I think another thing, you mentioned events there. For anyone that's listening that's outside of the US, there's online events. One of my previous podcast guests, a chap called Tim Needham, very nice guy, 
owns a company called Red Siege, a pen testing company. He does a thing called Offensive Wednesdays, like a, a play on offensive security, so Offensive Wednesdays. And that's just like interaction and like community-led. It's all about helping people's career progression. So there's loads, when we say events, there's a lot of virtual events. And virtual events aren't just good for learning. They're also great for networking. They're also great for finding mentors. And they're also great just for getting amongst it with the community. And I, I have found, and I'm, I'm sure you'd agree, Dora, and I found the, the, the security community, if you're generally nice to people and you're in it for the right reasons and your intentions are good, I'm not saying that everyone will just open up their arms and be your mentor, but generally speaking, the community is pretty, pretty friendly, mate, isn't it? It's not like a, a normal industry. It's quite a small industry, even globally, community yeah. even. And, People are pretty friendly, mate, aren't they? As long as you... You have to be polite and persistent because everyone's super busy, but as long as you're prepared to be that, I think you can you can get a lot of information and potentially make some inroads there. Would, would you agree, Doran? Yeah, I agree. Also, networking is the key, right? The more, the more networking you do in the industry, the more you will get yourself out there. I, I can't not mention this, that my first job after out of my college was definitely when I... When I met this one person who was working in the company, and uh, I was saying I'm looking for room cybersecurity, he just gave me his card and he said, just email me your, your resume. The next thing I know is I have a job interview, and the next couple of weeks I have a job offer from them. So it's, it's more about putting yourself out there in, in events like that and making sure that you know that there can be opportunities. I, I'm an example of just going for an event, just talking with people, all I know is I was not sure if that's going to be something like that. It's just a meet and greet event hosted by someone, which I came across, and I made myself out there. So, so like networking is definitely a key, I would say, and definitely mentors is there. We, we definitely talk about the things as we progress on this this the podcast, I would say. Okay, mate, thank you for that. If, if I'm listening and I'm really, really thinking, do you know what? These guys are talking a lot of sense. This GRC play, I like the idea of this. Um, maybe I've been a trying to break into pen testing for, for six months, I'm finding it difficult, or maybe even longer. Uh, I can't afford my OSCP at the minute, or I can't afford various other certifications, or maybe I can, but they're all pending. I'm really buying into the GRC route. What do I do? I get off this call now. What is the first things I should be doing to make some forward steps when it comes to getting into GRC? It's a great question. What I did when I started, I'll, I'll go back to my thing, and maybe that can be that can help dive in the question as well. It's like when I learned about the GRC sector, what I did was understanding like like a lot of different aspects of it. So that first thing which came to mind is different frameworks and standards which are available out there, which are required by various sectors and various departments based on which company you want to work with, which company is potentially going to be your place you're going to work, right? There's so many standards and framework. One of it, I would say, is niche, the niche framework. They have five things over there of, of, of how a company can, can manage their, their risk and, and follow those things. So that's the great start point. But at the same time, if you, if you take a step back before the niche framework, there's something called the CIS Stock 20. The CIS Stock 20 is definitely a, a basic, uh, like I would say, a, a guide for any small company who's trying to see, okay, I want to invest in cybersecurity. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start with. But if you have CIS Part 20, that's a great starting point. It's on the same lines, I would say, like, if you want to go after, after have a discussion, okay, fine, I want to see what is CRC into, 
could definitely look into those frameworks. Like, and I see, okay, what is CRF talk to me? What does it pertain to? Okay, what is the niche framework? What does niche do? What is, how does that, those two tie in together? At the same time, there are, I would definitely recommend quite a few LinkedIn courses are out there specifically just for GRC to from it to break in. Those courses are free of course. LinkedIn gives so many courses and there are so many smart leaders in the industry who have spoken about GRC and that can be a good foundational a foundation point for them. I would reiterate things. I would say the framework of NIST, the uh, the CS top twenty and the foundation course LinkedIn for GRC. Like that okay. that can definitely be a good segue or a start point. Okay, so everyone listening, thank you for that, by the way, John. So sure. anyone listening, if you're taking notes, great. But, but, but really, you can just, obviously, we're living in the age of the internet. You can go on Google and you can look at all the frameworks associated with GRC. You can exercise your recon, your reconnaissance skills, and you can really look to just absolutely drill down on all the knowledge within every single framework associated with GRC and really look to upskill yourself in, in that department. Don, I just want to pick you up on something you said. You mentioned a, a certificate, a LinkedIn certification. Any, what certifications would you recommend that, that are good for getting a job in GRC? I mean, uh, there are quite a few which I came across as, like, even if you go in LinkedIn Learning and just put GRC uh, as a thing, there are basics of that. Of not that, I I think I saw came across one fundamental course from from someone who works in GitLab. His name is Ayub Faudi. I think so. I'm not sure if I got it right. The way he pronounces it, he also is a key in GRC. At the same time, he also has like a GitHub repository of all the different GRC standards frameworks, which can be helpful for someone to to start that. You know? Okay. What we can do, for, what we can do, Dorian, for everyone listening, is any certifications, Dorian, that you think are great in relation to GRC, we'll, we'll just stick them in the LinkedIn post. So we'll post, well, either you can post it or I'll post it. We'll tag each other in it. So everyone listening, if you just check mine and Dorian's profiles over the next day or so, we'll make sure that we've got the certifications that, that Dorian recommends. So, yeah, thank you for that, Dorian. I think, I think the other thing as well is we spoke about this off air the other day, I don't, it, obviously, at the minute, I just think cybersecurity is becoming, look at the minute, it's so topical with Caesars and MGM and yeah. Hackins in the news. It's, it's becoming a cooler and cooler industry to get in. And if you go back 10, 15 years, it wasn't even that cool. Like people were questioning whether it was even going to be a viable yeah. industry, which seems laughable now. So I just think the point I'm making to everyone is I think just if I look at you, Dora, and you did come in and you dive straight into offensive set but maybe back then it was I don't want to say easier because I'm sure you've worked extremely hard to get where you are today but I don't know if sometimes it's getting so competitive it's worth looking at different avenues into the industry I think pathways like GRC that we're talking about will probably come more and more viable uh, as time goes on and like this ethical hacking almost influences now and look at what the guys at TCM and Heath Adams are doing like yeah. doing a wicked yeah. job they're making loads of noise it's really good and it, it's attracting loads of people to the industry but I think it is making it, it more competitive so w would you say it is important to think differently and think outside the box more as time goes on do you think that's a, a fair assumption? Yeah I mean I, I do agree on the point about you you touched that maybe Decades ago, this was just a laugh-off when this will stay around. 
I had to work with like when I was looking at my career I did seem pretty easier segue for me with the offense security but things have definitely changed over the course of last few years and offense security has definitely been like everyone wants to go there it's everyone thinks for example when I go to meet friends or even meet anyone in networking or maybe a gathering with my college friends um mm-hmm. the first thing when I say I'm supposed to be getting like I'm a, I'm a hacker but that's what I even think, right? Cybersecurity <laughs> is not just hacking, right? It's hacking. Cybersecurity has so many different fields, so many different mm-hmm. aspects, which people have, like who want to break in uh, might not heard about. Like for GRC is one thing which you might not have heard about is the upcoming emerging field. And it's not just compliance, there's a risk factor as well, which we can always talk about uh, on how risks are increasing and yeah. just being an offensive person is not is is good but there's actually someone who's taking care of them right yeah and that's where gfc would work in blending with the offensive team to work together hand in hand yeah d- d- definitely having that holistic view on the on on, on infosec's massive again mm-hmm. if you're listening in and you want to be a great hacker if you don't understand slugs like this sam or what crowdstrike are doing with with, uh, with various things if you don't understand the blue team and the defensive side. How do you bypass an EDR undetected? How do you how do you stay stealthy? You know, you can be a great hacker, but if you don't understand the the ins and outs of the blue side, you're going to just be really noisy. As soon as you get a foothold on the system, and, and the game's going to be up if you're doing a red team engagement or you're doing a, a pen test and you're trying to stay quiet. So, yeah, no, definitely, mate. You've got to you've got to have the knowledge on um, both sides. I was talking to a client earlier today, Dawn. He's talking about yep. uh, we were talking about. Blood, bloodhound and using it to exploit ADs yeah. and saying it's such an amazing tool but it's incredibly noisy like the minute bloodhound gets used most rip blue teams will just instantly know you're there <laughs> yeah noise is a lot of things which a lot of tools do and you need to understand how to uh, make it less noisy I would say making sure like you need deploy what is required and that's also something which you can always know more with the GRC because you know the company I'll touch briefly upon the risk later but definitely the GRC does look into the noise section of how to do it mm. cool cool uh, just moving on to the next question so report writing and again just to emphasize just massively important skill within the industry I think we touched upon GRC helping your report writing skills but the, the question is how does GRC, has it helped your report writing? And if so, how has it helped your report writing? Yeah, it has helped me in a number of ways. When I perform risk assessments, I, I do know what what is discussed. I do know uh, what has been done in the company. And I, I do know uh, what is to be communicated, right? So... The first thing first is when you do any assessment, let that be offensive security, like a pen testing, or let that be a risk assessment you do. People always forget to to acknowledge what is right in the company, right? You, for example, if you have multi-factor all over the industry, no one talks about that on the report. All you need to talk about the report is what is wrong or what is something to be improved. And that was my understanding. It helped me look at the side of the business. If I'm looking at report, I, why, why am I only getting things like this is wrong? We're gonna have this. But who talks about yeah. the right yeah. thing? Who yeah. will talk about you have this things right 
and that's amazing. That's an amazing job we're doing. But you know, that's something which I developed by my own thing, and that's what I always try to do is don't just look at something what is negative. Look at the positive side as well of what they have and how things are working, and that's definitely helpful because if I was just doing office security, I would just go into report writing and just look at okay, this is the exploits and this is what you have, and just hire to close it. But since I look at GRC sector, I know that the stakeholders, the clients, uh, and the, the people here executives will appreciate the report when you talk about something where it's nice, where it's good, and then what? That's how yeah. it happens. That is, someone in the audience just put their thumbs up on an emoji, and uh, I didn't, but I, I should have done. It's, it's such a good point, Dorian. It, it's, if you go in there and all you talk about is the negatives, how are the blue team going to feel? Like, how's that end client going to feel if they've just spent half a million dollars yeah. on that? on an EDR or a defensive system and you blast through it in an hour and just talk about loads of negative stuff. That client, yes, you've found some stuff wrong and you've got in, but that client might be really upset. And someone within that organization has made a decision to spend money on yep. that defensive system. So there's a way to explain that and there's a way not to explain it. But I think a really good example you made is don't just point out the bad stuff. If there's some bad stuff coming, if there's one seriously bad thing to say, maybe mention three or four good things first. It might just soften the blow a bit with the end client. Yeah, communication, again, it, it has helped a lot. Like, again, it's all depends on how you communicate, right? If communication was not a key over here, then I would be uh, also doing the same thing. But going the other way out of understanding, put yourself in a place of getting a report delivered to you. How do you feel about it? Mm, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, so... Basically, if we move on to areas of discipline within GRC, so risk, there's various different, we've talked about frameworks to master, we've talked about certifications, so can you talk about the areas of discipline within GRC that I should be mastering? Yeah, apart from what we spoke about, I definitely think that risk assessments is a key as well. So based on the framework, what I have been doing, or this is my understanding is like, yeah, we have a framework, but how can we utilize that framework uh, in our organization? And that's where something called risk assessments come into picture. Based off the different frameworks, the different controls provided over there as in our framework, and based on the controls, you can always question the team or the individual who, who you're talking to about understanding the scope of what's happening. And that's what you do in risk assessments. You understand how is that control in one organization and one department handled? And do you think whatever they do is, is enough, is sufficient? And that's how you do risk assessments over there. But this is only for organizations. You can also do that for vendors, for third parties, because supply chain is also increasing. Cybersecurity is increasing supply chain. And having a risk assessment for third party is also mm. crucial for a, a company. And that's where... Again, GRC will come into picture. That's where you will learn more things about what the risk you don't even know that one company can have if you go to business with them. And that's when, if you get more understanding, and that's that, then you think from a hacker perspective, okay, if I were to hack those things, how would I do it? And that's when you do make the assessments more robust and more efficient for companies. Yeah. 
yeah, supply chain attack is it's huge, mate, isn't it? It's, it's such a kind of, I was going to say underrated threat, but I think <laughs> maybe in the general commercial one, not in the industry, it's not everyone's well aware, but it's, it's, it's sometimes overlooked by companies and it can be catastrophic, can't it? It's just such a, an easy routine for hackers, isn't it? Yeah, one one bad one open thing on the vendor side or like a third party company uses and everything goes back. And then you need to understand that if there is one company who is who has been used in the past and who's not offboard correctly, like you definitely keep switching into it in vendors, right? One company thinks that oh this vendor is not doing great but it's a different vendor is doing fine, but the thing that the past vendor is not removed in their environment. They still have something on the pending, and that's where risk assessment comes into picture. And if you have that last vendor's one thing, and that company was hacked, you think you are not more in the perspective of being in the scope, but you somehow are in the scope of one person, then you, you can be like like enabled for that because you didn't offload the previous vendor correctly, successfully, and close all the things over there. So that's where risk assessment comes into picture. Right? Yeah. Okay, mate. Cool. Cool. All right, buddy. So making sure that all the yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of police. Where in the are you in New York? Are you in New York, Dorian? Is that where you yeah. are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, like, it sounds about right. Sounds like central London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. You cannot. You, you cannot get a, a minute without the police. Uh, here, no, right? listen, police, listen. fire brigade, ambulances is ongoing twenty four seven. Sorry for the bad one out. No. So look, I know. The good news for everyone listening, by the way, is uh, Doran wants to be a mentor. I think that's wicked, mate. Great way to give back. Great yeah. way of reinforcing your pre-existing knowledge. Can you talk to me about, if I'm listening and I'm thinking, God, I'd love a mentor, how do I get one? What's the, what's the best way to, to go about approaching a mentor or getting a mentor? What, what would your advice there be? Yeah, mentorship is something which I have always looked up as, as something which I want to do as well. Because to be honest with you, when I was trying to break in the career of cybersecurity, I did not have a mentor. So whatever I did in this to get to where I am is all by myself. Like I did not have anyone to guide me, except my family and and few other people who like know a little bit more than I do. So I always feel if I was at that point of time where I had a person to mentor me, uh, I would definitely be. And when I am in a much earlier phase and I could be much advanced, but it is what it is. I always like to be like, okay, like it, at one point, I would like to mentor as well or based on my, my time and everything. I know it's a huge commitment to be a mentor for someone, but when I have the initial experience, I would definitely like to do that as well. But at the same time, there are so many individuals, professionals who have websites who are like on mentorships, who provide mentorships. So like. You mentioned that we'll provide the links of things we speak in this. And I'll definitely provide that as well. Anyone who wants to get a mentor of where to start with, and there are people who sign up to be a mentor. I'm not there yet, but I'll get there. But there are people who are ahead of me who are already mentoring people. And I think that'll be a huge thing for because, like you mentioned, like the community is a close and community, right? People want to help each other to because we are shortage of of people. And yeah. the one thing to do is by having a mentor who knows that it's happening and definitely can be someone who can help them, boost them, and ask them, guide them. Because 10 years on, 10 years before, there was not, nothing like that. But now I'm just happy that things have grown a lot in those lines. Yeah, definitely. And for everyone listening, look, 
I, I would argue that everyone listening's already got a mentor. And what I mean by that is just log on to YouTube and, uh, and just look at all the Paul Swigger Web Academy. Amazing what the guys there are, are putting out there for free, by the way. Just if you haven't been on there, just amazing. And just look at look at the likes of, uh, of John Hammond, Heath Adams, guys like this. They are just pouring out information all over their YouTube channels. So there's an argument to say that there's a mentor in the sense like a one-to-one and you can ring someone up, you've just failed OSCP and your head's all over the place and you've got to pay for it again because you've failed at this time and you just messed up on a couple of boxes and you need someone to ring and that's one type of mentor. But there's another type of mentor, which is there's lots of mentors online. So I think these days, especially in some ways, it's a real opportunity to... There's so much information out there. I say we're living in the age of the internet with, with all these guys and girls starting the YouTube channels, and they're just so beneficial. It's it's great. But uh, next question, my friend. Yeah. And this is why I ask pretty much every episode. We've just got a couple more questions, and the the live episode's complete. So we'll do a little Q and A at the end. But the question is, Dora, what skills, personality traits, attributes do you feel are necessary for a to possess if you want to become a highly successful person with today's cybersecurity world? Yeah, there are a lot of things to, to add to that, but I feel the skill which you have to be is, is communication skills are important. Trust me, no one is here just going to not be able to not communicate well and be successful, I think. But make sure you you know what you're talking about and be, some, be confident about it. Having a strong communication and being confident is important at the same time whoever is trying to break in the in cybersecurity and trying to apply for jobs i let them just one note don't think that every rejection you get is something wrong with yourself don't be hard on yourself for not breaking into cybersecurity as quickly as everyone else does not everyone has their own struggles don't no one talks about that so don't look yourself down if things are not working on applying or getting in the industry because there are so many different people who are successful, but no one talks about what were the routes they took to be successful. So like having a strong head and not feeling that you are the problem, but something which is like, the right thing will happen at the right time. Like you have to believe and keep faith and like things will happen. It's just a matter of time because that time the industry is slow, that time the industry is blooming, all those things are happening, but never look like you are doing something wrong because you are doing everything right and it just needs one thing or one company to give you a chance and let you come. Yeah. Matter of time. So like that's what I would say and as anyone who's trying to break into the market and to be successful is definitely the same thing. So there'll be so many challenges, so much so many things to to look at. But you can be overwhelmed at once, but that's that is a phase which will make you learn more. Like you you can feel like you're stepping on many stones at once based on how the industry goes from one end to another end. But that, that's how the industry is, and you will get there. It's not like you to be hard on yourself. So, like that's what I would say. Yeah, no, thank you, my friend. And do you know what one thing that just randomly sprung to mind when you were, you were speaking there is when we when you said one company to give you a chance, it, it prompted me to, to to say what I'm about to say. If anyone's listening now and they're gonna they're gonna really take on board what we're saying and they're gonna really come into the GRC room. And be strategic about it. So I'd look, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick pen testing because 
yeah. Easter or not. I love Pentester. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of Let, Let's say I'm this then. I want to be a Pentester. I'm going to come into the GRC route. Be strategic about where you go for those GRC opportunities because a really smart move would be to get a GRC job in a company that also does pen testing because you get your foot in the door, especially if it's a smaller company, you start rubbing shoulders virtually maybe with the founder, with the CTO, with the head of offensive sec, and all of a sudden you're building a relationship with the offensive team whilst you're getting paid, whilst you're doing GRC, that would be what I would do. I would literally sit and I would map the market out and go, let's go through the US. Let's go through every LinkedIn profile of senior people in the US. Let's start stripping out companies that have got GRC and offensive security departments. And then you can draw up a list of 100, 200, 300 and you can basically have your dream list of companies that you're going to try and break into. It will be a really nice way to get to and go, look, you might be dreaming, listen to this, you want to be a SOC analyst, you know, you might want to be a cybersecurity engineer. The same methodology would apply. So thanks for your answer on that one, Dawn, but I just thought I'd add sure. that one in, it, add that one in yeah, as well. I definitely um, agree on that. I definitely yeah, agree. thank you. Thank you, mate. I love this question. Sure. I ask it every week, so I'm just about to ask you, what is the book, my friend, it could be book or podcast, this has the most positive effect on your cybersecurity career, or your career in general so far? Oh, that's a hard one, to be honest with you, with so many books I read, to best to bring myself head on. But talking of cost, I, I definitely, you might have this guy named Jay Shetty, he's definitely from London as well, so Thomas you might have heard of him. I, 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 I follow his, his books and his things, so that, that has given me like a lot of insights on my personal traits and my personal things. Uh, so that has gained a lot of like, when I was in a phase where I did not know what to do, I think that came into my, my thing from my personal thing, and I learned a lot reading his, that book and reading his, his podcast. But definitely like on a cybersecurity perspective, going back to being professional, uh, I definitely have to say, I, I keep myself up with the podcast of the Darknet Diaries. It's a way old podcast. I, they might have about five episodes at this point. And they talk about every other hack, every other thing which happens. And that keeps me up with what's happening. Mindly not, I definitely am slacking myself on, on catching up on things with, with the podcast. There are so many things happening at the same time. So many podcasts, like one one comes with, with a new episode, then another comes with a new episode, and there's work as well. Juggling all has definitely not been easy, mm. but definitely those are the two things I think. And then a book I would for cybersecurity, I got this, I went to this conference once at Pace University, and there was a founder of the company, Ariel Evans, shared the book of Married Cyber Risk. So that also has helped me understand where I am in GRC because that talks about the different cyber risks happening and that's what I did so far. Again, those are my ways of it. It might not work for everyone, but the question I feel that's worth sharing. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, Darn it, Diaries. I've had that answer from a few people. That kind of says it all, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, so for, for everyone listening, so this is going to be released as a podcast will be released on it'll be released on my youtube channel uh, it'll be on spotify it'll be on apple podcasts there'll be sound bites on linkedin we'll do some questions now any any uh, resources certifications that doran's mentioned 
we'll stick them in the show notes when we release the podcast in in a couple of weeks or whatever it might be. But Abdullah, I know you put your hand up. Oh, Keith, okay, Keith, we'll, we'll do you first, then Abdullah, we'll come to you next. Keith, how are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you very much, sir. And sorry, Abdullah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no it's okay. <laughs> I, I got to apologize, I'm Canadian. No worries. <laughs> so I just have a curiosity because I'm finding that, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think there are other people who have the same question, that I guess do things like Jerry Oje's GRC course, do courses on Udemy, and courses like through Sarah, like, like Google's IB, um Google's cybersecurity one and IBM's cybersecurity one. Things like those help people. And also, in your opinions, what are they good? Because although, I, yes, I do have a job, it's not like I'm making enough I can go to school. And not that I necessarily believe I'm ready for the OSCP yet, although as much as I want to be. But I guess how much, how much will those help someone getting a job? Uh, sure, that, that's a great question. So first things first is having those courses is definitely showing the company or the recruiter that you're interested. So having completed those courses or getting certifications of after it's complete is shows that you're interested on those fields, right? Because if you're trying to break into something like cybersecurity, even a person in HR can do that, right? But what is the difference between HR and someone like you who's trying to break into security it's like you might have done those courses and you might have done the baseline of that understanding. You can enhance those baseline towards a job. Whereas someone who's trying to break from a different industry, so like a HR kind of the same job as you are, uh, might not have done that. So you can have always an edge on those things. And it's always good to have those courses because it education is not wrong. Education only enhances your skills and knowledge. So having those things are never going to be wasted. Yeah, Keith, another thing, what, what will happen on the recruitment side of things is uh, a GRC advert will go up. There's two things. There's HR, which are dealing with all sorts of general human resources issues within the business. They're also doing recruitment. So they'll put an advert or they'll get two, three, four hundred responses. The certification will get you the interview. So they'll basically, if, if there's three, four hundred people applied, there might be a list of 20 that have got some certifications. If you've got two, three, four certifications, you might be in a short list of four or five. So they're basically a fantastic HR buster to get you in front of the technical hiring manager. So that's really, yes, they do help you self-development, but certifications act as a, a real, yeah, I call them the HR busters a lot of the time. They will get you in front of the technical hiring manager. Then it's your time to shine and, and get a job. Does that, does that make sense? Everybody? Well, I, I agree it makes sense. And, and, and with everything that you guys are saying, beyond a shadow, I'm just speaking from a perspective of, and admittedly, I haven't been applying for enough jobs lately. But but I do find that there's also, because I've got a lot of experience, and I, and I, and I know I'm a, a connection with you, Thomas, and not yet with you, Doran. Doran and I, actually, I'd like to do that. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've got a lot of experience and I'm finding I'm getting ageism issues with and and as I'm trying to change into a different profession I, and or get more established in uh, cybersecurity direction uh, I'm finding that it's causing I hate to say it, but ageism is causing a lot of issues and and it's not so easy to find a job if you're encountering ageism, which is something I never, ever experienced before. I, so I'm asking these questions not just for myself, but I'm asking them for other people. I'm used to a two-day job search. And quite honestly, 
this whole cybersecurity change has, has been a really weird eye opener. Yeah, I think as Keith, first thing says, if you ping me your resume and I'll have a look at it and we'll make sure there's, there might be some stuff in there that we can we can take out to make it a bit more succinct and, and have your chances. The first thing is, mate, uh, I, I agree. By the way, at the end, coming in, it's fierce. It was just so competitive and people get ghosted and, and all the rest of it. And uh, I think all I would say is just be really polite, really persistent. A lot of it is mindset. There's certainly going to be a lot more rejection than than, than success. <laughs> no, and I think if you can post your resume in, if you're anywhere near any of the offices, if you can get down, walk down there, there's nothing wrong. By the way, when if, we're get, if there's a really sought-after candidate and my client wants him or her and it's a really senior cybersecurity engineer, we'll be emailing them, we'll be calling them two, three, four, five times. It's, it's, these guys and girls are, are busy and at the senior end of the market for people running teams and doing hiring, they are really busy. So my motto is be very polite and very persistent. And I've seen people put resumes on in different coloured paper and send them in. The guy that I talked about before, Nick, who's the director of offensive security, he found out what the logo colours of the company were that he wanted to work for, and he sent some flowers into the office that matched the logo. <laughs> and that basically got him the interview, you know, really funny stories like that. <laughs> so these are the lengths that you have to go to. But Keith, when you get to the other end, you'll have guys like me chasing you down. It'll be the opposite. You'll be the you'll be the one ignoring all the emails. So <laughs> I never would ignore emails. In fact I actually got two requests during this meeting of this or this seminar, I guess, or session alone and I responded right away to them. I, I, it's just funny how I went from you know never not being able to get a job quick and easy to all of a sudden, and, and I'm not saying I don't have a job right now, but the point is I want to get a better job than what I'm currently want, doing. And I just know that, especially in GRC, and I've been told this more than, by the, more than a few people, or going towards a CISO direction with my career because of my background would be beneficial for me. So, yeah, thank you guys for your answers. I'm sorry, no. I don't want to take up all the time. No, no worries. No, I just, no, and I'm willing to, and I've also, I'm now more willing to travel to wherever too. So it's not like I'm just trying to stay in my one area because apparently that's not going to work for me so easily unless it's a virtual situation. Yeah, there's less remote, there's less remote jobs, and I think at yeah. the break it in stage. Obviously, if you're at the senior end, it's a little bit different. But if you, if you, if you, I know you're a senior, but if you're coming in, if you're trying to break in, Keith, it's a good attitude to have. But now, listen, like I said, send think your resume, Keith, and we'll, like I say, I'll have a look at it, and we'll have a little bit of a formatting session on it, and go from there. Also, as well, if you check out my episode with Caitlin from Bishop Fox, she's a recruitment manager for. Bishop Fox, which is a pretty cool InfoSec company. She gives a lot of good tips, so that'll be helpful. I appreciate that, and I will try and find it here for you. I hope I actually, because I'm sure other people would find it useful, did you want to put the link in for everybody else for that too? Yes, I will do. I will do. Nice to meet you properly, mate, and I'll, I'm just going to drop you back down to listing, okay? Not a problem. Thank you, sir. Pat, I'll get you up next, my friend. Pat, how you doing, bro? Hey, Pat. Hey there, can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you, mate. Yeah. How you doing? Awesome. I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Doran, for doing this. This is really helpful, so really appreciate your time. That's cool. So I wanted to ask you a question because I'm fairly new to IT. I've been working like full-time as an IT contractor for about two years, 
And, and I've been doing IT stuff longer than that, like full time for two years. And I did a career switch after I did about 10 years as a school teacher. And just hearing you guys talk about all this stuff with communication and then like the GRC stuff. And it just seems like there's a ton of transferable skills or areas like it just as you're talking about GRC I'm thinking back to writing report cards and planning lessons and like things like things like curriculum provincial curriculum having to make sure that you hit like all the important targets and communicating with parents and teachers and community so there's all this stuff and anyway so I'm thinking that that this could be something that, that I could potentially that could help me in some way right and so I'm just wondering if you were in my shoes being new to cyber but having this sort of background that is related but unrelated, like how would you best use that in terms of being able to position myself in the industry to break in? Okay, so Pat, before you begin, I know what you're talking about because my wife is a teacher as well, so I do know about the, the curriculum night and the planning and everything, so I do understand what is what transfer you're talking about. And I do, I do think that there are quite a few things you can definitely transfer in the GRC. Right, you have IT background, which is definitely helpful to, to to have that because GRC definitely has those small things that's required. If you have a good IT background, it's it a good baseline for you to begin. And like I mentioned before, I, I definitely think that if you want to really look into this as something you want to pursue, you can definitely look into the framework and standards as a whole. And like your skills are already there. You definitely know about how to. Your communication is already up up the alley, I would say, past career before transitioning to IT. So it's definitely good to have those things. And you can always get that boost from your experience in GRC as a whole in report writing and, and into the buildings of presentation and all those things based on understanding and communicating. So, Pat, are you... Thanks for that, Doran. Thanks yes. for that, buddy. Did, Pat, are you, are you 1099, corp to, corp to corp, or are you on a long-term contract somewhere? Or are you going around different companies as a contractor? I'm a subcontractor right now to a couple of uh, people that are local to my area. I'm in a rural area. So there's like a web hosting company that I do some work for, like system administration type stuff. And then, and then do you know NCR, National Cash Register? No, I'm not overly familiar with that. NCR makes 90% of the ATMs around the world. So I'm not directly in contract with them. I'm like a subcontractor to another guy who's in contract with them. And so I do a bunch of stuff. You know what, you guys, I'm really sorry. I realized I'm parked out on the street and there's a street cleaner that's asking me to move. So I've got to go move my car. Just, I'm going to have to mute here for a minute. No worries, no worries. It's so funny doing things live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. You know, you know, live in a city and that happens. Go for your thoughts. Yeah. So I was thinking if he's a sysadmin, if he's contracted as a sysadmin now, um, and he's going around various different companies, he may that he may well, depending on what Pat wants to do, if he wants to, we'll have to ask him what his real passion within InfoSec is. But if he's wanting to get into a certain aspect of cybersecurity, which he is. I just wonder if he can go in somewhere as a sysadmin. He could probably even go in somewhere permanent as a sysadmin that also does cybersecurity and kind of that might be a really good way for him to get get his foot in the door. You can hear his communication skills are great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also start with, the, with being a cybersecurity analyst because the analyst job is definitely tied up to sysadmin work because you need to make sure mm-hmm. to set up uh, various endpoint 
antiviruses, endpoint systems, CMET, SOC, logging, and everything. It definitely needs a lot of work in sysadmin, which can always be beneficial. So being starting look, looking at an analyst role is a good start point, I would say, as well, based on its, his current uh, work he's doing. Yeah, no, no, definitely. We'll just give Pat a minute. If, oh, hey, Pat, you're back. Hey, I'm back, yeah. <laughs> and Dora was just ba- I mean, basically, what, what, what's your real passion within, within InfoSec? What would you like to, to do? Right now, I've been learning the pen testing side of things. So I did the, the EJPT certification from INE. And, and I've, I've just gone through their web application penetration tester course and just waiting to hear back on the results of that beta exam. So I've been doing some Port Swigger Academy stuff as well. A lot of INE pen testing stuff. It's, it, that's, that's, that's where I've found an interest. I'm also pretty flexible. So I've found that once I start, once I start doing something, yeah, it doesn't have to be. I'm not rigid with it. But yeah, Dawn, do you want to just say what you were suggesting about the analyst? Yeah, Brad, here's something which, when I started my career as an analyst, a lot of sysadmin was part of it. Like, when you do, when you work as an analyst, you set up a lot of endpoint devices with, with antiviruses and monitoring those things. At the same time, you need a lot of logging and monitoring, so you can server to make sure you follow the laws and everything to have seen and saw whatever is happening. And then you also investigate those alerts which come in to based on the log. So like this most most things what you are doing is definitely be part of an analyst role for cybersecurity. That's cool. And is that so is that a, so would those job titles be like cybersecurity analyst? Yeah, or is exactly. that yeah. But what you could do as well is a, 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 just what I was saying before is there will there will be lots of companies across America that have got sysadmin, cybersecurity analysts and pen testing offensive security roles. So if you devise a list of all all of them, you could do what I was saying before, which is get your foot in the door with your sysadmin skills and and, and then go from there, get to know the offensive sec team, get to know the analysts, guys and girls, and that might be a real soft landing for you into the space. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, mate. Do you want to ask anything else, Pat? Are you cool? No, that's great. That gives me a lot to think about. Thank you. Sure. Nice to meet you, buddy. See you later, mate. See you later. Josia, how you doing, my friend? We know, by the way, everyone listening, we, we know each other, so this is only oh, gone. No, look, he's gone. He knows me, so he's... I got his back. Are you afraid of you? How you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, doing good. Sorry about that. My ageism is showing and I'm hitting buttons. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's Thursday, don't worry. We are, we are by the end of the week, don't worry. We got this. It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. Yeah. yeah. Thomas, thank you for so, so much for telling me about half an hour ago that you were hopping on here. I appreciate it. Nah, it's cool, mate. I saw you in the comments on that post. I thought, got to let him know. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing here at one of my three part-time jobs I've been working while I go through all of my cyber certifications. I've got oh, eight of the nine I want to get this year, and I expected to get a job by now, at least, you know, something oh, remote, a junior role. I don't know if you've taken a look at my resume yet, but um, pretty decent IT and financial technology background, and it just doesn't seem to be helping me get anywhere. Doran, what do you think? You, you said you do have an IT background, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. I did some consulting with a full virtual simulation company called Flight Dynamics, and we partnered with Boeing, 
Lockheed Martin. We worked really closely with the Pentagon. We actually delivered some physical and virtual training systems to them. And then since then, I've had a slew of IT and IoT positions. And then the last four and a half years, I worked for a fintech or financial technology startup based in Atlanta. And I was let go from there the end of last year with about a week's notice. And that scared the crap out of me. But then I got right into training and certifications at the beginning of this year. And I'm not really sure what it is that's scaring people off. I know that I just out of honesty, I put on my applications that I have a disability or have had one in the past. And I still am going through treatment, but I don't feel like I am because I've been sticking with it and doing really well. But it does feel like something back there is keeping me from getting the opportunities. Jason, what uh, just remind me what what's your ideal what's your ideal role within cybersecurity? What's your true passion in the space? Yeah, the GRC side is a lot to do with what I used to be doing as a director of ops. It was yeah. people coming to me, me trying to poke holes in things, and then also try and figure out solutions for what went wrong. I dealt a lot with the on the security side, and the compliance side. I was the person on our team that worked with our compliance consultancy firm that was based out of Charlotte and they would come through and run compliance tests on us because we, we were in banking and finance so we had to meet a lot of KYC or know your customer and banking compliance regulations and we had to be tested on that on a bi-quarterly basis and I was the person who walked them through what we did. They would test things and I would tell them how it was broken. they go back to our team and tell them, look, this is what was found. Don't worry. Here's how we're going to fix it. I'll help us get through it and then I'll be the one, the in-between person dealing with us and how it gets tested by the compliance group before it gets checked off as done. Mm. And I really enjoyed that because I got to work with our technical teams. I got to work with our customer success team because I was the person in charge of that. And we were a small company. A lot of the time, our CEO and CTO or the co-founders, they were dealing a lot with getting funding from, from investors and handling a lot more of the relationship side of the business and I was really handling the day-to-day of a lot of things if anything went wrong. Do you know what, Jesse? I think the first thing is it's just like a stark reminder for me of how I always say how fierce that that, the end of the market is when you're breaking it in. And by the way, the stuff you're doing on LinkedIn, I see it all the time. If I see your posts and stuff, I keep, I'll always say hello or give you a little comment and stuff. And the stuff with that, that's more long-term. Definitely keep going because it's making your resume 3D like we talked about. I can see that you've started a podcast as well. Again, it's long-term stuff, but just keep going with that. I think what, what I might do is, and I haven't spoke to her about this yet, but I'm due to speak to her this week, but Caitlin who's the recruiter manager at Bishop Fox. We're talking about doing a, doing something like an event together soon. I might do something and we'll do like a, we'll do like a resume formatting thing. We'll do like a LinkedIn live and we'll do a resume formatting thing for everyone to make sure your resume is giving you the, the best possible chance. I think the other thing, Joe, is just basically keep going. I'd be interested to, for Doran to have a look at which certifications you've got in yeah. relation to GRC. I'd also, Dorian, if if, it'd be nice for you to look at Josie's resume as well and just see if there's any skills on there, the hazard, anything else that's holding him back. But I think the thing to bear in mind is even if it is perfect, I, I still think what we can do, to break it down, what we can do is we can get your resume formatted how it needs to be. We can make sure you, 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 you that you're going for and you've got the right certs. We can make sure that you're mastering 
the, the various things we've talked about, risk assessments and so on and so forth. So we'll break it all down into resume, mastering the skills, certs, mastering the frameworks. Then once we've all done that, say, between... And I must emphasize, I haven't spoken to Caitlin yet, but if I think me, Dora, and Caitlin, if we get those four pillars really strong, and then from there we know everything's right from the source, then it just becomes a numbers game of just getting really persistent and just sticking with it. And like you say, at some point, you are going to get a breakthrough. It might be next week, it might be next month, it might be the start of next year. I, I do genuinely believe you, you will get a breaking, but it is tough, mate, isn't it? Let's say there's the old saying, anything that's, hap- is anything that's happens worth fighting for. It really is true when you're trying to break into cybersecurity, yeah. isn't it? Dawn, have you got anything else that, that you could have that might be helpful? Or? Yeah, I did. I did. I was. I just picked on a few things to what guys discussed. That you didn't mention about. You didn't mention about what I'm going like fuel from Lockheed Martin. One thing which strikes my mind is, let's say, aviation company, and then what aviation company do do is is they follow NIST 171, which is a framework mm-hmm. for aviation, right? You know, a part of it of CMMC as a framework, which is done for DOD contractors. And if, if you can look into that and understand what is all happening in this framework of aviation, with a NIST 800-171, that pretty much can put in a good position for getting more projects with, with either Boeing or Rocket Martin. Because that's what I was once dealing with that as well. And, and that's what struck me as if you have experience of working in the IT for, or in consulting with for Boeing, but if you also have understanding of the, the NIST framework for aviation, that can be a good starting point to see if you can leverage your, yourself. And that's why it's starting for GST as well, because once you do a NIST assessment of any of those things, it's pretty much you're good to go. At the same time, there are a lot of uh, like a lot of federal projects coming up for NIST. Uh, for, so not for NIST, but you know, as for, for clients, and they, many, nobody noticed, but many universities are getting projects for from the government for cybersecurity, like they're getting the funds to, to do projects. One way of looking at jobs is also looking at universities who have cybersecurity departments and other departments, and, and mm-hmm. if that like, can work out for, for some reason, that makes that's something which answers the question. And that, that doing, that's good. And Jesse, do, do you know about um, CMMMC? Have you heard, have you, basically, it's a, you may have so, heard, it's a, it's a government service coming in. Anyone? I'll let you explain it, Doran. Yeah, it, it's more about the, if, if you want to do contracts. I know about aviation. If you want to work with the DOD, at one point, back to, like, was back in COVID when I had the project working on. And if you're working at DOD, you had to be CM, CMMC compliant, and you had to release the, the different regulation of CMMC. And the regulation right. of CMMC was based off on NIST uh, 871 publication. That's something which to start, if you have a growing experience, that can be helpful. But at the same time, also, like I mentioned, many universities are getting DOD projects, like left and right. Like they build for it, they get it, and they, they, then they find staff. It's not only big companies who are trying to get cybersecurity staff, but it's just universities. Cybersecurity analysts, cybersecurity professionals at a university, it's not bad to start with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, CMMC, CMMC is coming in for the for the government contract work you're going to have to it's quite a long-winded certification to get but they're changing the regs now where you're going to have yeah. to have cmc to do government contract work so if you could get that i'm not sure on the costings 
to be honest with you. I'm not sure if you are, Doran, but I know that if you do have that, in terms of getting your foot in the door with the DOD, yeah, it's going to be a, that could be an angle. I suppose it's really what you're saying, though, is playing to your strengths as well. Like, you've got some really positive things in your background yeah. there, Josie. You know, if you really try and look at what you've, you've got going on as positive, which is a, a few good things there, and try and really leverage that. I think the other thing as well, it's just, I think it's setting the expectations and setting the parameters. It's like it's, if something does happen in the next few weeks or something like that, that's great. But, I just think as long as you're of the mindset of it's not if, it's when, and I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to stick with it, I'm going to be consistent and persistent over a, a long period of time, at yeah. some point it will happen. I know, mate, I want it to happen for you sooner rather than later, and I know you do, and I'm sure you do as well, Dora, but I think it's yeah. like just having the attitude of it's going to happen at some point, and I'm just going to keep going. Um, yeah. But we'll do those things, Josie. We'll do the we'll do the resume stuff. We'll do the anything on the DOD stuff that you want Doran to explain. And you guys connect on on LinkedIn. I say, I know this might this might be your first mentoring opportunity, Doran. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of people on here that probably benefit from these kind of conversations too. Because okay. I, I know I'm not alone. It's something that like, going through quote unquote terminal cancer, as the doctors like to call it. Like you said, it's not an if, it's a when. I'm just like, it's not if I'm going to die. I'm not going to. You can tell me that I'm going to, but I'm not. <laughs> they told me that back in 2019, and they were wrong after 18 months. So mm. I'm a doer. I'm a fighter, and I don't like being told in situations like this, like, eh, you might be good for the job, you might not. When I'm looking at my own capabilities, I'm like, I know I am, so <laughs> just give me the shot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, Nick. And doing a job and they're going to be facing so they're going to doubt yourself but don't, don't doubt yourself because that's the bad part of finding a job and finding things what you want is if you get a lot of rejections and don't doubt yourself am I doing something wrong but it's not just you who's doing it like yeah. you're not doing wrong at all like, like that's not something to think about you know, you're doing everything right for yourself and things will happen doubt like the same as like these rejections can put your mental health at a stretch. It's a, it's a toss of that. But don't let that happen because you know you can do it. It's a matter of time when you get the right opportunity to bring your Josie, and another thing, Josie, as well is if I relate it to recruitment, when you first start being a recruiter, you absolutely stink. No one wants to talk to you, no one wants to take your calls, no one wants to know you. And then you get years and years down the line, and it's a different story, kind of things switch but it's not always like that at first and especially in recruitment because sometimes with certain people there's a bit of a stigma attached to it the recruiters are this recruiters are that i think it's the case with any industry it's just that it gets easier the longer it goes on but they say mate keep going we'll do those bits we've thought about did you want to ask us anything else mate are you okay or yeah, no, that's everything. I, I guess just as encouragement for everybody else out there. I know we've all got a lot going on as we're trying to figure all this out, but if I can do it, you can do it. I know it's not yeah. not easy yeah, with all the cool. stuff that each one of us has going on in our lives, but yeah. we can get through it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, mate. All right, but nice to see you, mate. Anyway, I'm just going to pop you back in the audience to see if there's any all right. questions. All right, bro. See you, mate. Hey. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Right. Guys and girls, any more questions? I've got to tell everyone, I've got to be on Zoom in about 20 minutes, half an hour. So we'll take maybe a couple more questions. Dilla is gone. Uh, yeah. Any more questions from anyone? 
It's been good this tour, and I've really enjoyed it, yeah. mate. It's been good. Do you it's know what? Really it's really good. not. It's really. Oh, James, hey, mate. Let's get James on. James, how you doing, man? James, are you, are you just on mute at the minute, James? You just. Yeah, yeah, take your time, James. You're probably just yeah. trying to... The mute on mine is in the bottom right of the... I'm doing it off my phone, so I don't know where the... Maybe it's the mute on your laptop there, James. It's the same, I think, as a bottom right laptop. We'll just give James a second in case he's coming back. Any... Here we go. Anything else? James, are you there? Hey. Yes, I'm here. Hey. 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 How's it going? Good yeah, we... going great. Good. I've been trying to break in cybersecurity for two years now. Actually, a little over two years since 2019. Since then, I've obtained the PNPT certification through TCM Security, and I also obtained my OSCP through OSSEX. And I got a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, and I also hold a top secret security clearance. I've literally filled out hundreds of applications, hundreds, and I don't get any feedback. I get rejection emails. What mm. would you think of any reason why I'm not getting callbacks or interviews? What, what is it about me that is turning people off that they don't even want to consider me for a position? A few questions. Which, what, what sort of roles are you applying for? I'm applying for penetration tester roles. Okay, but they, do you know what kind of level they're at, or? Just various levels, any type of junior levels that I can find, I fill out, any type of internships, I fill out, associate level, principal level. Mm. Okay. I, I never I mean, fill out a senior level just because I know yeah. I don't have the experience, so they're not yeah. even going to consider me. Here. Yeah, I mean, your certifications are wicked. T the fact that you've got TSSCI, that's wicked as well. PMPT, OSCP. Dora, what do you, what, uh, uh, are you on? Have you got James's profile, uh, Dora? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna literally send it to you, so you can have a look. Any initial thoughts, though, Dora? Yeah, my my only question would be like, listen, the job market is for for security, like for OS, someone like with OSCP and PMPT is is huge and it's really big, right? My my question is like, how you looked at doing some consulting on the side. Like many companies don't have the budget to hire maybe a full-time pen tester, but they, they might have those things. Have you tried looking at bug bounty programs and try to find some bug bounties and maybe put your name out there? And because at times you could also be a bug bounty program. And that's something which the company called Hacker One it runs a lot of bug, bug bounty programs. And if you actually have hands-on experience of doing pen testing and everything, I, I think you could start from there and like you know you can see where do you stand over there and many companies once you complete a bug bounty they know that you have experience so that can also help I would say but I like to see what is where you are there. That's definitely something I haven't tried. Most of the time I've just been so busy with school or working toward these certifications that I, haven't, I felt like I haven't really had time for anything else. Okay. Mate, you've oh. smashed it. Mate, you've smashed it on the certs, mate. You've got the two. You've got like the two. <laughs> you've got the two best certs right now. I'd say for breaking in. <laughs> yeah, my comment as the certs go, I know the industry is so wrapped up with the OSCP, mm. but what they really should be wrapped up on 
is the PNP team. Because it is legitimately the most realistic experience that I've ever had uh, as far as a real live penetration test with a, a decent report and the brief, the whole nine yards. I was blown away by the by the training, the TCM by Heath Adams. I was blown away by the experience. And oh, just completing the OSVP, I, I'd still recommend it. I still feel like it's – I know I got it first before the OSVP, but I still feel like it has it holds more value whether the industry can see it or not yet. It, in my part, it has more value. Yeah, but James, the industry definitely know, but it's like people outside the industry in that haven't people outside the industry that haven't got the low level knowledge that, that that perhaps people on this call have got and, and ourselves have got. But yeah, PMPT definitely, I reckon. The offsec, they said they've got yeah. some work. To, they've got they've got they're going to have to do something. Yes, they introduced the AD stuff a few years back and stepped up their game a little bit, but over it. James, have you tried to apply for anything that utilizes your TSSCI? Yes, I have. Most of the time, I don't get callbacks. Okay, well, here, here recently, I had one recruiter that's currently working with me, but I'm still waiting on to hear more information as far as jobs go. But I was, mm. I, I don't want to. I, I do want a job. I need the money just because mm. it, it is what it is. You got to work. You got to got to pay the bills. Mm. But on the other hand, I don't want to work somewhere for six months. And then go walk. See you guys. I've been here six months. Peace out. I, I gotta go be a pen tester now. I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that to a company. Yeah. Yeah. You, could you afford to work at um, a lower rate, or could you afford to get some experience somewhere um, remotely for maybe two or three hours a day for free? I have the time, and I can afford it. Mm. I just need the opportunity. Just getting yeah. that foot in the door is the hardest part. Do you know what I think would be a, a, a really good one? And it, it'll take a bit of courage and it'll take a bit of confidence. But if you can craft, if you can write a message or on LinkedIn on the mobile app, you can send videos, by the way. You can send videos. If you're connected, you can send a video to a first connection and it comes up as a thumbnail. So people know it's not like a, a phishing link or anything malicious. They'll see straight away it's a, a genuine LinkedIn video. I think if you pick, if you went to smaller companies and messaged them saying, I've got, tell them about your certifications, tell them what you're all about, um, and basically say, look, I'm just looking for a couple of days a week work experience, I'm prepared to do it for free. I think if you message some smaller companies and got a bit of volume into play, that could be good. I think, Dorian, I think, mate, what you just said about the bug bounty stuff, that's wicked, because... James, what that's going to do is it's going to act as like a, a self-development um, uh, course for you, but also as well, yeah, it's going to show employers that you know how to you know how to actually find stuff in the in a commercial yeah. environment. Mm. Yeah, and also not to forget that bug bounty programs are actually of course if you actually found a bug and it's something which they have they don't know about and no one has given for you, get money for it. So it's something which yeah. companies are like, go c- come and hack me and just see what you find. But you, but understand you're trying to contract with them. It's confidential. They got of contracts and work with those things. But understand that because of it. I heard people are making a lot of money, but if they find bugs in applications, James, I've done a I've done a podcast on bug bounty as well. If you go on there, it's one of the first ones, um, so you can have a listen to that. It might be helpful. Okay, we'll we'll do. I, honestly, I was just so surprised. All I've heard for years is all you need is your OSCP to break in, and 
I've listened to you previously on different posts that you've talked about it, about juniors needing to get their OSCP. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And it took me on my third try before I got it, but I, I got it. Yeah, yeah, this is, it's massively valuable that you've got it. And listen, it, it's going to be absolutely intrinsic and key to you getting your foot in the door, like massively, and especially because you've got PMPT as well. I, I, I would really, yes, do the bug bounty stuff, and I would, honest to God, I would really focus on some smaller companies where you can hit up the founder direct get first connections with them and and start sending them dms on linkedin or video messages or voice notes and say you're really willing to put yourself out there you're looking for some you're looking for a chance you're looking for some experience i honestly think with those certifications you you do what i said with a bit of volume and some serious persistence i think you're really up in your chances thank you i appreciate it no worries james nice to see you mate see you soon buddy you too Guys, I think we're probably going to have to call it now. Maybe yeah, we'll maybe take one more question if anyone's got one. But um, if anyone hasn't, we'll we'll wrap up because I've got some recruitment today. I'm sure Dora's yeah. got some work. <laughs> so yeah, of course. Yeah. Dora, mate, I, I know I promised you an hour. I've kept you an hour and no a half. So <laughs> seriously, like, thank you. It's been yeah. really helpful. And I'll, like I say, yeah, thank you for the heart emojis, guys. That's brilliant, girls. We'll see you all soon. I'm going to be doing more of these um, LinkedIn lives. This has been really, really good. I've really enjoyed it. Doran, thank you, and I'll, I'll see you soon, bro.